Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast. And um, yeah, obviously no Premier League matches going on at the at the moment. We're in the off season. We've got the European Championships, so it's Copcast at the Euros. It's our second edition. And yeah, we're gonna uh, go through what's been happening over the the last two rounds of games and preview the last sixteen as we reach the knockout stages. So joining me to go through all that, I've got quite a quite an extensive panel tonight. So first up, uh, Mike Davis there in Liverpool. How you doing, Mike? Hi, mate. You okay? Nice one. Good to have you on. Cheers. And uh, joining Mike there, we've got Andy Bell, also in Liverpool. How are you doing, Andy? Yes, all good, Chief. Thank you. Um, really enjoying the Euros at the minute. Looking forward especially to the quarterfinals because my, well, it's a bit of an interesting one. My girlfriend's coming over to Liverpool for the week um, and I'm going to have to try and sell four games across Friday night and Saturday night. <laughs> Um, I don't know. So yeah, so my mate's coming up. Him and his girlfriend are coming up. She's from Liverpool as well. So um, my best bet is that they get along really well on the Friday night, and then it's kind of just buy them drinks and hope they shut up. And me and my mate can watch the football. That's ideal. But uh, in practice, it may be a bit different. But no, I'm really good. Thank you. Nice one, my life. Keep the. (laughs) <laughs> keep the drinks flowing and you might just keep them sweet. You never know. I've got a really yeah specific game plan for it, but I'll let you know how it goes. I'm sure I'll be back on. I can give a an interim report. Absolutely, yeah. Fill us in on that whenever whenever you you're updated. So uh, as you've probably heard there, um, alongside Andy, there's Dave Dunnan in Belfast. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. As I said to Andy, there. Welcome to my life. <laughs> I try to sell games to the wife every single day. I'm like, it's okay. There's only there's only two matches on today, even though there's four, you know. So, so um, yeah, I'm good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm also really enjoying, and I think I said this the last time, but I'm really enjoying people like you, Chief, all coming out of the woodwork, all going, isn't international football great? Oh, isn't the Euros brilliant? Did you see this match? After fucking complaining about it for three years solid, every time it interrupts the Premier League season. So, yeah, there you go. I'm good. That's it. Well, that's our prerogative. What would we do if we didn't complain? Well, this is it. Well, that's my turn to complain. That's it. Done. Fire away. Fire away. Uh, And rounding up the the quartet, we've got uh, Beryl Akis in the Netherlands. How are you doing, Beryl? I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm just a bit disappointed that I haven't been offered the the, the uh, Tottenham Hotspurs job yet. But uh, you know, I'm enjoying myself as well. And right, uh, happy you, to talk I about think it. Make, you're probably probably on that shortlist, though, Beryl. <laughs> it, it won't be long before they get round here. Uh, so what I have, I, got, I haven't got what you know all these other people have. You know. That's it. That's it. Um, so yeah, while you're waiting for that phone to ring, um, I might come to you first. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna obviously the uh, we we came to you, listener, after the first round of, of of group matches, and since then we've had the second and third round of group matches. Obviously, all the all the group matches rounded up now, and we're we're on the first of a couple of rest days before the last sixteen gets underway. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna chat to the panel about um about their feelings on the on the last couple couple of uh, rounds of fixtures. 
how they've gone, any surprises, uh, and yeah, any any kind of key moments, standout moments for them. So, Beryl, what what have you made of them? Plenty of games have gone on, uh, as we've we've alluded to there, uh, a few every day. Um, yeah, what have you made of them? Anything that's particularly stood out for you over the over the last kind of uh, week or so, and uh, yeah, your general feelings on the on the on the kind of group stage itself. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short so I, I don't pick up all the material uh, for the rest of the panel. But uh, um, um, the last time around, I, I, I stated that I had two horses on in the race. Uh, uh, you know, the Netherlands, uh, <laughs> the Oranges, and and, uh, and Turkey. And uh, Turkey were deemed to be uh, a dark horse, but uh, well, th- they were the, the worst team in, uh, in in the tournament, I think. And you know that, that was a bit of a disappointment, I have to say. Um, so that that that's something that stood out for me. Uh, I think the Netherlands got lucky with that draw, and and they keep getting lucky with that draw. But you know, uh, hey, I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm content with that. Uh, I think um, those two things were standouts for me. And you know, there are a couple of teams that disappoint, and there are a couple of teams that uh, that are better than I thought. And, uh, and and uh, until so far, my, my favorite is, is is Italy, you know, the way they play and the way they uh, seem to be uh, able to play with, with different players. Um, I, I am very, um, uh, you know, no, I think they're, they are very good at this moment. So I, I, I said I'd keep it short. So that's it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. No, it's interesting you mentioned the, the two horses there and you mentioned Turkey and they were deemed dark horses. A lot of a lot of uh, pundits pre-tournament were were tipping them to 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 go far quarterfinals. Some even even tempting semis. Um, Sasha Gurianov on the on the Totally Football Show uh, tipped them to be really good at the next tournament, and perhaps this tournament w- would come a bit too soon for this team. But still, certainly expected more than they showed. I don't suppose you've got any. You know, do you know do you know why that might have happened? Why they might have bombed so bad? I mean, I did hear that they they hired. Um, they rehired an old coach, changed the coach. Do you think it's anything to do with that, or do you have any idea, I, I or would, just just kind of tournament? Yeah, I was, I, I, you know, they, they weren't as lucky as the as at the Netherlands with their draw, of course. And the first game against Italy away in Rome was always difficult, and then you know you'd have an uphill struggle, but. Um, and I thought, you know, against Wales, Wales did did some some good defending and and some good, um, um, you know, they scored two two goals, uh, and and there was two more than than Turkey scored. But uh, you know, uh, it could have gone a different way if they had been more lucky. But they were just they were dreadful. And uh, I was actually happy that Channel Gunesh uh, was reappointed because you know I like him as a person and. And he has been more successful than than other more um, vociferous uh, Turkish uh, uh, coaches. Let's put it that way. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what really happened. But they didn't gel as a team, and they didn't know what to do. There was no tactical plan, it seemed. So I think. Okay. Maybe they need someone else just to, uh, to be more, more tacti- tactically astute. I think uh, Channel Ganesh de- deserves his retirement. He's a nice guy. Uh, time for the <laughs> let, and, uh, let him re- retire in peace. Why not? Exactly. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Um, okay, excellent. So, um, how about you then, Mike? What, what what have you made of this last couple of round of matches and anything that's kind of yeah stood out for you or any any kind of key moments? Yeah, I, I think um, I think going back to what Bio just said, I think North Macedonia were the worst team by a long way. I think they were really poor, um, but. And Germany have been very lucky to get through, I think. What was it, about eight minutes from going out? I thought the Hungarians <laughs> played really well in every game. I think they were really unfortunate myself. Um, but, yeah, the Italians are looking really good, aren't they? I think if you're a betting man, Italy-Holland final, uh, I'd go for. Um, I would touch a bit on England, but I think they've been very poor. Yeah, I think they're in a poor group and they've been poor. Uh, probably don't go down very well as an Englishman, but... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Denmark are looking good, don't you think? I think Denmark uh, playing some nice football after what happened in that first game to bounce back like they have. Uh, I think that showed a lot of character in the team. Um, you know, I mean, they could have folded and gone the other way, couldn't they, quite easily. Uh, myself, um, no, absolutely, absolutely. With, with with what happened, Ericsson, and it was touch and go. You know, could have, as you said, could have gone either way. They either could have rallied and got together, or it could have kind of really put a damper on things and kind of split the squad. But yeah, they got it back together and 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 showed Russia a big pair of heels, really. Yeah, they, I think they look really good, and people, I think they're the dark horses as well because no one's talking about them, are they, Denmark? You know, well, um, well, that's it. There's sort of pre-tournament, one or two people mentioned them, but then obviously with the Ericsson incident, it kind of all went went out of the window, yeah. and uh, no, yeah, nobody really was talking about them. So, as you say, dark horses and sort of on the on the easier side of the draw. So yeah, so uh, yeah, like I said, we keep it short and sweet. There's plenty of us. Dead on, dead on. So yeah, excellent stuff. And uh, do you have then anything to any any kind of key moments that you'd like to kind of point out? And what have you made of the of the, the couple of games? There, there haven't really been, as far as I can see, there haven't really been any any big surprises. There's no, uh, you don't have a North Macedonia going through. Sad to say, we don't have a we don't have a Scotland going through. So yeah, what have you made of it? And yeah, what do you what do you sort of pick out from it? Can we can we learn anything? Yeah, or Northern Ireland going through, you know, things like that. That's, there, that's loads yeah. of fun. Um, it would have been nice to see North Macedonia do something. I thought maybe they would have an outside chance, but um, you know, that's probably the romantic in me just uh, taking over a little bit. Look, I've really enjoyed it. I think some of the games have been great. I thought second half of Sweden and Poland yesterday was absolutely brilliant. It was loads of fun. Um, it was metal I, from from, it, from nowhere. It was class, mate. It was absolutely class. Um, I I like Sweden. I think Sweden are decent. Now, um, you know they haven't got the worst. They haven't got the worst game next round, so I can see them getting quarters. Um, they're, they're Sweden. They're good at the back, and you know they've got they've got they've got a couple of sort of players that you wouldn't really have had in the past. You know, Forsbergs really stepped up. I know he's a good footballer, but he's really stepped up. You know, Isak looks exciting, lively, tricky, good feet, pacey, powerful. And then 
they brought the young fella from Juventus on yesterday, Kulisewski, and he he's like, he can't be Swedish. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> he's dead fast and he's running around, beating four players at a time, you know? And oh, what a wild card to have to come off the bench. So, you know, I think I think they're good. Um, I've, en- I've enjoyed watching them. I even enjoyed them kind of nearly nicking a win against Spain in the first game. So, I think they've they've been the team that have kind of surprised me the most. Um, full stadium in in France, uh, Portugal yesterday, which was also a good game, was just great to see. It just I was kind of a flick back over to the Germany game to see what was going on every now and again, and it's like there's maybe ten thousand people there, and it just looked shit. <laughs> you know, um, being able to flick between, you know semi half not like semi full stadiums and go back and just be like oh my god it's been taken back in time to remember when football was just looked brilliant um, at a full stadium so that was fun um yeah apart from that like really disappointed in Mbappe he's wick isn't he no goals (laughs) no goals mate 10 offsides 10 offsides can't stay onside he's right out in the touchline looking across you know, had him for two, two shots on target yesterday in a bet, him and Ronaldo. And the three shots on target between them when Ronaldo scored the scored the penalty, the first penalty. And I'm like, oh, Mbappe will get another shot on target. No, anonymous. Shite. So, <laughs> so <laughs> fake news that Kylian Mbappe's any good. Fake Is news, mate. No, and, and if even more if you if you ever need any more evidence that the French League's a farmers league, there's it. They're not even they're not even the best team in the league. He's not even playing in the best team in that league. So hundred million, what? hundred million? A hundred million, mate. Oh, I wonder will they pay his wages? I maybe in one of their shoe stores. <laughs> so no, we don't want to sign him. Aloni Block or Harvey Elliott's pathway is my opinion That's of the it. matter. So yeah, and then. The only other thing, just to add quickly, is England. I agree with Mike. I think England are brutal. I called them to be brutal. They've got so many good players, and they're such a terrible watch, aren't they? They're awful to watch. It's so well, boring and pedestrian. Well, what what I find bizarre, and we'll probably come on to it more whenever we're going to discuss the last 16, but what I find bizarre is with that array of, of talent, with that squad, <clears throat> with those young players, and, and you know they've actually got a good blend of youth and experience, despite what the pundits will have you have you believe, saying they're you know they're really really young and all the rest. They've, they've got plenty there. They, they they just seem obsessed with getting one in front and sitting on it. They seem to be playing like Italy from the 1990s, which is which is bizarre to me, and and that's why I think they could come a cropper when when they go further, but. But yeah, but yeah, I mean they've not they've they've, they've not even flattered to deceive. They've 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 just about done enough, haven't they so far? Yeah, I kind of have a feeling that Southgate is utterly obsessed with what he does once he comes up against a good side because that is all that anybody ever talks about England, and we're talking for the last probably twenty five years, you know, um. Every time they meet a good team, they go out. And people still talk about, oh, you know, they beat Spain in, you know, 2006. Spain played them off the fucking pitch. 
or sorry, 1986. Spain played the motherfucking pitch. How England got out of there with a penalty shootout win? I never know. Never know. So this is the thing. I just think he's setting that team up in such a way where they're so well, his theory is they're so well drilled and so well organized and know exactly what to do. Um, we'll, we'll be able to protect ourselves against a France or Germany, which we'll see, obviously, or an Italy or a Spain or whoever it might be, Portugal. And I still don't think they're good enough to do that. Back fours are all over the shop. You know, he doesn't know. He, he was playing a back three up until not very long ago. And yes, yeah, all right, going and scoring one goal against these, you know, couldn't even score one goal against Scotland. They've had five shots on top. <laughs> they've had five shots on target in three matches in the tournament so far. Five shots on target in three matches. And there's actually, I think, one fella there that can go and go and win them games. And it's Grealish. And he finally gets his chance because Mason Mount has COVID isolation issues. <laughs> You know, that's the only reason it's the only reason he's on the pitch. Because Mason yeah. Mount had a chat with Billy Gilmore in the tunnel for twenty-five minutes afterwards. So, you know, and what's gonna happen is he's not gonna start him in the next game. Do you know why? Because Grealish is fucking Matt Letitia. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always been that. I mean, you you referenced Letitia. There've always been those issues around England between their their most talented players and 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 those managers who usually lack the talent that their their players have, but yeah, I mean, interesting to pinpoint England there and and in general, I can't fault you on your on your thoughts there. Sweden Sweden were a bit mad. I wasn't expecting that at one nil, at one nil at half time. I was I was expecting uh, Sweden to go on and and just see that out and to to see what happened in that second half was mad. Um, they do look interesting in a way, but they're generally uh, very Swedish, aren't they? It's very hodgepodge, it's very four-four-two. They've got a couple of couple of interesting players, um, as you mentioned. Isaac looks does look does look hot. Let's be honest, he he looks very intelligent. Looks a bit different. Looks to have an eye for an eye for goal and and for a chance. Very good feet. So yeah, I think a bit like Denmark, a bit like Denmark, Chief. I think. They don't have the hardest draw in in the in the what last last thirty two, no sorry the last sixteen. Last sixteen, yeah. If they can somehow fumble their way through the quarter quarterfinals, all of a sudden they're in the semi final, you know. So, that's it. and that's tournament football. That's why it's so great. I mean, it's not because it can go anywhere. You could end up with Sweden Denmark match in there somewhere, couldn't you? Along the way, so. That's always uh, that's well they're always eventful put it like that, um, but we'll see how it pans out. So yeah, not to leave you waiting too long there, Andy. Um, so a penny for your thoughts on on this and 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 how it's gone and yeah, any standout things or any any teams you'd you'd, you'd note. Uh, yeah, well, just dead quick. I've just got breaking news notification on the uh, Sky Sports app saying Tottenham in talks with Nuno Espirito Santo over vacant managerial positions. So there's another one we can add to the long list of people who they want ahead of Burrow. Well, he must have been so. unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't mention me. Just above Burrow. Well, he looks a bit like you, so they're maybe going down that road, Burrow. <laughs> maybe there's a mis- <laughs> mistaken identity. Yeah, that it's the only. It's the only 
plausible explanation. No, uh, yeah, I, I, similar to what everyone said, I've quite enjoyed it. I slightly disagree with Mike on, on Macedonia being the worst team, actually. I think Turkey were by far the worst team. Maybe that's in the context of, you know, a lot of people expected them to be dark horses. A lot of them expected them to come second in that group. But Macedonia, I felt, had a good go. And for a team who qualified through League D, basically by beating the likes of Georgia, San Marino, the Faroe Islands, you know, that was the bottom, what, 10 to 12 teams ranked in Europe. And albeit they got a good win over Germany recently, they clearly have some quality. They, they did surprise me and I actually quite enjoyed watching them. I thought they should have been 2-1 up in that game against Austria uh, the first time around. That was one of my favourite games of the groups. And and yeah, it, it, a lot of chat about this third place thing, but I think Macedonia were a case in point of why it's actually conducive to some more entertaining football. Like Yes, obviously you do have the likes of England and the Czech Republic and teams like that, Italy, who are through after two games because, well, four points basically qualifies you. And it takes away from a little bit of the jeopardy, but also it means that more or less you've always got a mad last uh, last group game. And I found myself like getting pretty annoyed at, at the fact that I wasn't able to watch both games. Obviously, we all know why you can't if one team plays earlier. That's a massive advantage to the team playing later on, knowing what they have to do. But yeah, I was kind of hoping that like the BBC or ITV were going to show a replay of the next game later on, just so I wouldn't miss it. So yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed that part of it. In terms of teams that have stood out, I think uh, Hungary were a lot more fun than, than everyone thought. Again, a team who qualified through a loophole. They shouldn't even have been in the playoffs, but so many playoff slots dropped down uh, that them finishing second in their League C group uh, and then being drawn up into League A, where only Iceland weren't there, um, or only Iceland from League A didn't qualify. And and yeah, so, th- so they came through it, and they looked actually pretty good. As Dave says, a massive part of that is a full uh, home crowd. Um, you know, it's difficult to separate what's going on there socially and politically at the moment from the football and the fans and you know but if you can try and do that as much as you can we're obviously from Northern Ireland and I wouldn't like to think that you know people would judge me as a somebody's going to a Northern Ireland fan based uh, somebody's going to Northern Ireland games based on uh, the politics of our country so I tried to separate that as much as I could I enjoyed the atmosphere at those games I think that was the first one with a with a full stadium and Hungary made a really good game of it Hungary France was a cracking game uh, they really had a go went 1-0 up obviously got the result and we're what eight minutes from knocking out Germany as well so yeah it's it's been good there's been loads of games we've got an extra knockout round now don't get me wrong, that's not why UEFA expanded to 24 teams. They did that, obviously, to uh, to appease more nations and get a bit more money and more games played. But, you know, through the back door has actually come a bit more entertainment. And you talk about the, the whole Jeopardy thing of the groups. Well, look at the Copa America right now. <laughs> There's two groups of five teams and four go through in each group. So we can be thankful <laughs> that we're not... No uh, you can be thankful we're not we're not in that. Yeah, so uh, I'll not I'll not pick up on that until at least the knockout stages. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. Nice one, nice one. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point you make there about the, the three teams and... <clears throat> or, Three teams going through basically from from each group um, in the twenty four team format. It's yeah, I think it for me it cuts a little bit both ways, and I'm, I'm sure everyone has a, a little bit of an opinion on this um, or has their own opinion on it. Um, obviously, my only experience of the European Championship growing up, my first experience of it was nineteen eighty eight, and I think that's the first year that it was sixteen teams. I'm pretty sure it was still sixteen teams in in eighty eight. 
And um, yep. since then, obviously, it was it was 16 teams all the way through until uh, the last one there, 2016. And, and yeah, I mean, I used to like the European Championship because it was 16 teams and because... Or one of the main reasons was because there were no there were no dead games in that. You had to win your first game. Big teams could go out. It was really the creme de la creme. <clears throat> and when we moved to 24, I thought, mm, you know, bit iffy, bit going, is, is it just diluting it and so on and so forth. But there are definitely, um, definitely plus points to it. And as you say, it, it, it did create mad excitement last night. I mean, we're trying to watch that Germany game. Obviously, I'm, for those who, who don't know, I'm based in Berlin, live in Berlin have for quite a while and every single place has a, a TV for Germany games every single restaurant, bar, convenience store, whatever, corner shop, they've all got them so everyone's crowded around watching it and the tension last night was obviously we're recording this the night after the, the Germany-Hungary um, game which finished 2-2 uh, with Germany crawling back and the tension was, was palpable so yeah, I think this this time it has added to it a, a little bit. I wasn't so convinced now back in 2016, I have to say, although it, it did help our wee country get through to the um to the second uh, to the first knockout stage, the second round, but um but not much else. Um but yeah, this time it, I can't really fault it. I think it has worked. I mean, does anyone else have any any kind of strong opinions on that how it's gone or wants to speak against it or I like it. I like it. You know, I think, I think what I get, I get the jeopardy thing, but I think also what you have there is what is there two teams got through with three points? Yep, Ukraine was one of them, wasn't it? And yeah, um, someone else got th- through with. I think it was just the one. I think it was just Ukraine. Didn't was Switzerland get four? Croatia got four. And who's the other team who qualified? Portugal got four. Yeah, so it was yeah. only Ukraine. Okay. But, it's Ukraine. Or, okay. Um, e- even still, um, again, we talked about it in Northern Ireland, got two or three points, you know, what, five mm-hmm. years ago now. But I think what it means is you go out there, no matter who you are, you go out in the first game and you don't need four points, you don't need five points, you only need three. So it's like, let's just go and win a game. We've got three chances here. You go and win one game and you stand a chance of getting through. And that kind of was relevant right up until there was very few final games that actually didn't mean anything. Even though Slovakia get pumped by Spain, they still have a chance of going through because they've got that win and they just really need to keep the score down and their heads completely fell off. But you know, I think it does give, I think I actually suppose there's probably some sort of mathematical equation to d- devise this. But in my head, in my mind, I think actually there's more jeopardy and it's been conducive to more entertaining football, more goals. Like I saw some stat. There's been like, what, eight own goals in the previous five tournaments and there's been nine own goals in this tournament already. But is that jeopardy, or just to play devil's advocate, is that jeopardy, or is, or is that knackered players at the end of a could of be a mad COVID COVID season? It absolutely no, I mean, could be. I totally, I totally jump in on that and 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 go with that that whole. And this time there has been a little bit more of that. Let's just get the win. 
let's just get that one three points and see. I think last time there was a bit more. Let's play this safe. Three three points could be enough. Let's 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 not give anything away. I think I don't know that maybe seemed seemed a bit more for me in, in 2016. But yeah, as I said, yeah, I mean Northern Ireland let go one nil down to Germany 30 minutes in and absolutely park the bus from then on because we knew that uh, you know, a goal difference of zero would have put us through. But for every instance of that you've got a Slovakia for example who in this tournament um, got the 70 minutes against Slova- uh, against Poland uh, Poland did 10 men and all of a sudden they find themselves like well this is our best chance to win the game we might as well go for it whereas I think we discussed last time in the pod you know first game of the uh, of the group like in a World Cup you just take your point against Poland whereas the system kind of made them think well are we going to get a better chance to win a game probably not and it made for more entertaining football so I think it is a double-edged sword yeah, I agree. I think England, once you went 1-0 up, that was it. They parked the buzz, didn't they, England? They, they thought they could win every game 1-0. Um, uh, I think they were boring. Uh, I think if teams had gone at England, I think they could have beat them. Um, I think England think they're superior defending in this tournament against the teams. Um, we'll talk about the last 16, but I've got big views on that game against Germany. But I think in the knockout, they just went out. If you look, most of the all three games, first 20 minutes, he went at a team. He scored in two, not in the other, but the two. After that, they just petered away, didn't they? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it certainly seems like it. As, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I think they're, they're playing a little bit like like the Italian teams of, of the 90s. Um, <clears throat> but, um, Beryl, did you want to add anything on the on the format or, or anything else just b- before we sort of move it on to the, to the last 16? No, not necessarily. I, I think, you know, there are um, pros and cons. Uh, it's uh, uh, especially for, for, for you know, w- with 16 teams, um, it, it's it's very hard to get to get in that tournament. So and, and, and the likes of, uh, of, of Northern Ireland, Wales, uh, Turkey, maybe even um, are, are less likely to, to, to be able to participate. And, and, and with with more teams, you, you have more chance. I think 24 is a very odd number, and that that that's why you, you know the third place some third place teams uh, have to to go through. Um, but you know, then again, you know, if we if we would have 32, that you know that would I don't think we would need any qualifying there. Um, so I, I'm you know I, I'm enjoying it as it is, and uh, um, you know again there are pros and cons, and uh, yeah, I like what I see at this moment. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's, it, you make the most pertinent of points. It is what it is, and, and you've got to go with it. So um, there's no point in lamenting, lamenting what it is. I think the thing is, Chief, yeah, just the last point on it. We, we've talked about it before. Football's about the fans, and we talked about the fun of like fans all mixing together. And, you know, as long as they're not English, they can go away and have a lovely time together and just forget about everything else. <laughs> And see, to be honest, the more the more of that, the better. And what that means is the more teams, which means the more nations. And I think that just makes it more inclusive, more diverse. And I don't want to, I, I don't mean it in that particular way, but I just think for me that can only really be a good thing. I just think it's great. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and in general, you know, not not to not to go too far into it, but you know, it it. it it is a festival of football, isn't it? It's 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 meant to be like that, and um, 
as you say, the yeah. more inclusive you can make it, the better, and and the more uh, inclusive for everyone, of course, the the better it can be. Obviously, it's football's enough point, about the elite. It's enough about the elite these days. You know, the elite well, everything get is, everything is enough about the elite. That's the yeah. Football's no, so, no different to life. Yeah. So and these competitions, they shouldn't be exclusive to England, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, Portugal. Do you know? So, well, that's it. And and in the end, of course, now we're about to talk to about the last sixteen, which is almost a nice segue because um, it is now about those teams, as 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 we're going to come on to come on to discuss. But yeah, certainly it's been great up to now, and um, there are a lot of a lot of football fans. I don't know, sort of moan about group stages and and only start watching tournaments maybe when when things get heated up. But I don't know, I. There may not be the most exciting of games, but I do miss it when 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 games start going down to one a day or one every three days or whatever, and you don't have just you know wall to wall football coverage. It's it's pretty amazing the first sort of week or two of a, of a tournament. But anyway, we shall move on then. So as alluded to, the the last sixteen, uh, I'll just pull it up here. As you know, it's it's all sorted, done and dusted. So you got Wales against Denmark. Kicking off, of course, this Saturday is coming Saturday, June 26th, 6 p.m. Uh, here and uh, 5 p.m. UK, of course. Wales against Denmark, followed by uh, the later game that evening, Italy against Austria. Then on Sunday, you've got Netherlands against the Czech Republic, Belgium against Portugal. Possibly the, the tastiest on paper, although England, Germany's in there later on. Then on Monday, you've got Croatia against Spain. And France against Switzerland, and uh, then the, the, of course the the, the famous, um, the famous matchup England against Germany, um, which has been obviously down the years, echoed down the years, and usually uh, usually in Germany's favour, uh, except for once uh, many moons ago, in uh, um, famously of course. And uh, then rounding that up, perhaps the least glamorous, if I'm not being too disrespectful uh, to the two teams, the least glamorous of the ties, Sweden against the Ukraine. Although, as Dave Dunham mentioned earlier, Sweden perhaps not quite as Volvo as they have been in the past. So, uh, yeah, eight, eight games here. And as we sort of mentioned earlier, one side of the draw is a little bit more difficult than the other, slightly, slightly loaded. Um, so we'll start with uh, start with Dave Dunnett on this. We'll just come back to you here quickly, Dave. Obviously, you mentioned you, the, the the classic Italian in you there on 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 Saturday evening coming up against Austria. Yeah, what do you make what do you make of those of those fixtures, uh, particularly the sort of the, the the first couple there? But what what stands out for you, and, and what are you seeing when you when you look at those those eight fixtures? What what springs to mind? So let me just get this right. So we've got on one side of the draw, we've got Italy, Holland, Belgium, Portugal, and France. Is that right? No, Holland are on the are on the other side. Oh, Holland on the other side. Sorry, who is it then? Who am I missing? So you've got Italy, oh, Croatia, Spain. That's who it is. Italy, Spain, Belgium, Portugal, France are all yeah. on the side. So I think that's interesting. It's been mentioned, it's been mentioned a million times, probably since it all came out. But the draw is loaded on one side. So I think 
you know, I backed it. I think they're I think they're loads of fun. They remind me of Liverpool a bit, um, especially like Liverpool at their best. You know, you can just see Andy Robertson doing what your man Spinazzola is doing, just running about all over the place, up and down, up and down, up and down, get the byline, cross it in. Um, you know, you've got loads of attacking verve. You've got midfielders that are running around working their socks off. You've got Giorgino conducting things, and you've got a great goalkeeper and two great centre halves. And then I'm looking at it and going, right, okay. So if if they win their first game against Austria, I think they play potentially Belgium. Then is it? Potentially, it's, yeah, the winner of Belgium and Portugal. Oh, Belgium or Portugal, right? But they will have they will have had a day's extra rest. They will, and then I think you know you'd expect them to then go and play probably France. So that's that's a that's a hell of a run to get their final, um, given what probably other sides are going to have to go through. So I don't think my money's is. It's it's not as secure as it was before the draw was made. Um, yeah, you'd expect Italy to beat Austria. I think the tie is around, as you say, Belgium, Portugal. Uh, I'm not really sure. Portugal looked Portugal have looked weird, haven't they? You know, they kind of they scrape past they scrape past. Hungry, three nil. That sounds ridiculous, but you know we get three goals in the last ten minutes, and I think it's a penalty breaks the deadlock. Is it maybe? I'm not. I can't really remember now. There's been so much football, but great. But that's not a three nil game. Then Germany, the worst German side in twenty years, gives them an absolute pasting, and then they go and courtesy of two own goals, mind you. Yeah, but again, two own goals with you know. Pepe, one of the greatest. Pepe, count my medals. Pepe, I'm the greatest shit house in the world. Pepe, and you know the, well, the best. Great. I'm the best centre half supposedly in the Premier League. Ben playing beside him, and they're kicking the well, ball in their own net, conceding four it's goals. How much trouble that 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 little run from Kai Havertz kept giving them? Honestly, honestly, it was the same thing over and over and over again, and they just it was like it was like they didn't know what was happening to them. It was bizarre. Um, so. And then they, they they play against the world champions and they look really good and they look really solid and there's a lapse that Benzema gets in for the second goal and the other one is one of the softest penalties you will ever see, um, <laughs> honestly. And I looked at the one at Coman at the end and it was like, oh, fuck me, if Mbappe's a penalty, that's a penalty and a red card and five game suspension, what he's just done to Coman there. So, yeah. Portugal, I have absolutely no idea. Probably, you said Ukraine, Sweden. I would say, for my money, the two worst games, and it'll be a toss-up between them, that you're going to watch in the in the next round will be England, Germany, and Croatia, Spain. I think you'll be lucky to get a goal between both those games. <laughs> well, we will... Uh... Oh, you mean in, in the in the ninety minutes? Obviously, we'll, we'll end up with with goals. With penalties the, with don't count penalties. as goals. Penalty kicks yeah, don't count well, as goals, unless you're doing the kick tip. But yeah, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, Croatia, Spain does have. It's got one nil. It's got one nil Spain written all over it. Whether that goal comes in the fifth minute or the hundred and fifteenth minute, I'm I'm not sure. But uh, it, it's max low to me. And 
and we'll come on to England, Germany in, in a wee bit more. But you're picking them out as probably the least the least fun. Totally. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can see I can see why. So yeah, just just moving on then to uh, to Andy. What, what do you make of this uh, this last sixteen draw? Dave's mentioned a couple of things there. Yeah. What 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 jumps out at you? Yeah, first of all, I completely agree with Dave. We're doing some predictions for my podcast for the round of 16, and I've predicted a nil-nil for both those games, England-Germany and uh, Croatia-Spain. Uh, I think that, yeah, the whole thing about the Spanish teams, just it's a bit mental. Like, obviously, there's so much talked about before the tournament about the fact that he's not picked any Real Madrid players, and he obviously managed Barcelona to a treble. He's a good manager, and I think having those players in his team who can play, you can try and kind of emulate Barcelona with, um, has been difficult for him because you know there's a lot of players there who are who are very good in midfield, and they look like a really really good team to watch in between both boxes. Like they're if it was a possession game in training, I would back them every day of the week, but in between both boxes, they're and especially in the attacking box, they're one of the worst teams I've ever seen at the tournament in front of goal. Alvaro Morata obviously gets a lot of stick. I think he's quite good off the ball, but goodness me, like I think Gary Neville made a point on punditry the other day. He strikes a ball like he's apologising to it, and he just looks so short of confidence. Uh, the penalty, you just knew he was going to miss that the other day. And albeit they score five goals, they're just the least ruthless team in both boxes that I've ever seen. And, you know, that might get you through a group like what it got them through. And they scraped through it in the end, really. Obviously, they're quite lucky to be playing Slovakia. Slovakia shouldn't be at the tournament. They're not very good. Uh, Even Northern Ireland, as Northern Ireland fans, we were very disappointed to lose that game. Not that we were favourites for it, but to lose a playoff final at home to Slovakia was... You know, it was, it was a, a real on the stone, really. It was, a, it? It, it was a real opportunity for us, um, and there was a, a feeling that Slovakia weren't very good either. So you know, they're lucky to get through that. And I'm just looking at them and I'm thinking, how many Atletico Madrid players are Spanish? Because they should probably just chuck as many of them in to that team as possible. Because if there's one team in world football that is ruthless in both boxes and has been for the last ten years, it probably is Atletico Madrid. And Sarabia comes on. Um, yesterday as we're recording obviously Wednesday for those listening afterwards and he looks pretty deadly um he's not the best player in the world but is he still athletical maybe I've got that completely wrong but he certainly was there for a while um and he came on and uh, you know he, he gets to go and does really well so I think they just just fit as many of those in as possible and try and break away from that they will obviously you know play like Barcelona in between both boxes but play like Atletico Madrid um in both boxes and and, and and they'd be perfect. But yeah, they're they find themselves on uh, on the difficult side of the draw. Croatia, I agree with Dave. I think that's gonna to go to penalty Spain, Croatia, and then they'll probably face France in the next round. And I think, you know, any team of that kind of quality, your Italy's, your France's, your Portugal's, even the rung down from that, like, you know, Belgium, England, Germany, I think they'll all eat up Spain because they are teams who can you know, produce attacking quality in moments and in moments Spain are probably the worst team in this tournament I think and uh, just to chat about Italy for a bit I think it, Dave obviously watches Serie A knows a lot more than me and I've watched a good bit of them actually ever since they were drawn into Northern Ireland's group in the, the World Cup qualifiers I watched a couple of their friendlies and I've watched all their games so far and for me they they do look like the best team in the tournament they look like I think I maybe said it on this podcast last week so apologies for repeating myself but if it was a league 
and there wasn't the volatility of this cup competition and the idea that a bad 90 minutes and you could be out if this was a league i think italy would walk it because they look like the you know, just the best team and that would show itself over the course of the over the course of a, a league season in a round robin format but yeah, they just, they look like nothing's really going to stop them. I think they'll get past Austria with relative ease. Austria have some decent players, can be effective in moments, but overall are quite disappointing. And I think they're quite disappointed with their manager at the minute, who's under quite a bit of fire from the media over there. And then you've got that other side of the draw, which, as I was saying to you guys in the pre-pod, there was somebody... Simon Jordan was saying today, and obviously this is talk sport sensationalism, but he was saying that England would be a national disgrace if they don't get to the final, which shows you actually, you know, you look at that side of the draw and it's as good an opportunity as England have had in years. You've got that German team who, yes, they looked amazing against Portugal. I mean, it was it was a, a football Twitter, you know, virgin's wet dream with wing backs and three false nines and all the stuff that Pythagoras fellows would love. But when Hungary actually matched them up with their own wing backs and actually had a, you know, matched them at the back with the two wing backs following Germany's two wing backs, Germany looked absolutely desperate. Rafa Honigstein did a really good piece on it in the Athletic this morning, uh, and Joachim Love basically came out and admitted with no plan, with no idea what to do, and obviously Goretzka forces the ball over the line in the end. But it wasn't any sort of, um, it wasn't like they were battering the door down. Uh, it wasn't like they were creating chance after chance after chance. And then, yeah, I guess the only good thing about that side of the draw is you've got the interest in the home nations. I think Wales could quite easily beat Denmark. I think there are two decent teams. Wales have impressed me. They've uh, been better than what I thought. Uh, Holland have been better than what I thought as well. Uh, and I think Ukraine, Sweden, I think I was saying this in the pre-pod as well, it's the best shit game at a major tournament because there's yeah some interesting players in the Sweden team. You guys have mentioned Isaac. I'll not go over that again. But Ukraine, you know, are a team who have been together for five years um, they look quite good. They've got good players. I've been impressed with a big lad, Yuremchuk, up front. He's gone into my fantasy team this week, hoping for a big performance from him. So I think that could be an interesting one. I don't think the winner of England-Germany is necessarily uh, guaranteed to, to beat the winner of uh, Ukraine or Sweden in the next round. I think one of them could actually give England or Germany a really good game. And it could be one of those where England are already eyeing up the semi-final and the final before they've got through the quarter-final. And it could come back to bite them in the arse. So, yeah, um, sorry, I think I've gone through more or less every team there. We're supposed to keep it concise. But, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on the next round. <laughs> no, not at all. That's, that's grand. It's grand, though. Um, it's good to hear your, your thoughts on the on the games. And, and you know, when you look at the draw, I think what a couple of things do do stand out. And Italy, Italy Austria is is one of them. It's Yes, they're on the, the tough side of the draw, but it's a very friendly uh, last 16 uh, draw for them, for Italy. And you would imagine them to go through. Uh, or you'd imagine them, them going through. Also, Netherlands against the Czech Republic. Czech Republic have been better than I expected at this tournament, but Netherlands have been much better than I expected at this tournament, even in the absence of, of Virgil van Dijk and, and one or two others. So it is very interesting. I mean, um, Mike, I'll come to you because you, you had a couple of things to say about uh, England, Germany. You alluded to, or you mentioned earlier that you wanted to say a couple of things on it. And, and for me, I find it very interesting because it's been mentioned this is a terrible Germany team, and it, it really is. It's it's terrible. I mean, on paper, it's not that bad, but the coach the coach lost the dressing room quite a long time ago, and by his own admission, you know, he's not a tactical genius. He's never been a tactical genius. He relied on on the quality of the players that he had and the spirit of the togetherness of the group. 
which has been sorely lacking in the last four four years, really, three to four years. Keith, can I just uh, say on this, I thought this, it, it to me, with the manager, it just smacked of desperation when he called Thomas Muller back into the squad out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> oh, 100%. It's, it's, it's <laughs> you beat me to it, Dave. <laughs> but he, he, he absolutely, he had to. He had to because most people don't really follow Germany when, why would they, when, when they're not playing in international tournaments. They've had a shocker. They've had an absolute, since winning the World Cup in 2014, they've had a shocker. They were poor at Euro 2016. They crashed out in the group stages at World Cup 2018 to, to South Korea. Um, they've they lost all their Nations League games and got relegated from from their Nations League group, and they're you know they're iffy in in the in in the, in the qualifiers. So um, and Spain, know, who as Andy rightly says, are no good at beat boxes, them, beat them six nil, six nil in Germany, I believe as well. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's 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 really and Yogi Love is going after the tournament. He should have gone a long time ago. It's. It's pure lack of ideas and uh, and lack of foresight that's allowed him to stay on this long uh, and and still basically trading off the fact that he had a great team back in in 2014 when there were no other really good sides in the world. Um, and I think it's fair to say that when you see the Brazil side that lost seven <coughs> one in the semi final. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of them because normally with this, so to come to you, Mike, without me rambling on for ages, normally you look at this England side, they look very good on paper. But as as we've mentioned earlier, they, they don't play for my money how they should and for a lot of people's money. So I can see this one going to the wire. I can see this one going maybe being a 1-1 um, because England will potentially go ahead and not and not push home their advantage and, and concede. And I can see this going all the way to pens. And yeah, um, I don't think either side's particularly good. So, so what are your thoughts on it? Anything yeah, anything else? Uh, I, I think the England Germany game. I think it's just going to be one of them. I think England will start off like they have in every other game, try and get one nil up. But this German team, it's like you said, they've got no direction at all. Um, I think he's just gone out and picked his best eleven as on paper, not as a team, and just said, "Go and play football." The, the, like you said, when hungry, they match them with. I think we'll match with Ming backs actually. I think England will go with three at the back. Uh, I think they'll match them uh, the same, uh, and I think that then Germany will come unstuck, and uh, he'll just hopefully that the skill of his players will get him through. Um, if Southgate's got any sense, it'll keep going at them, and I think England could come out three nil. To be truthful, I know everyone said they can see nil-nils, but I can see England, if they go at them, winning the game quite easy. But I can also see England going 1-0 up and sitting on it and losing 2-1. You know, it's one of them games. uh, Yeah, it could go to penalties, like you say, but I just think this German team has got no organisation in it whatsoever. It baffles me with the team, the players he's got, and there's I don't know. They just—they've got no direction at all, have they? He seems to, like I say, just say, "This is my best eleven players. Go and play." He—he just doesn't seem to. I don't know. I think he—if he thought Neuer could play centre forward, he would play him. I think. 
Um, it's just going to be a bizarre game, I think. And it'd be the tactics of what Southgate does is how the result will go, I feel, um, with that game. Um, the other part of the draw, I know we're on about Denmark before and that, but you know, I can see Wales nicking it 2 1. For some reason, they've just they've got that little fighting spirit, haven't they? Wales, uh, uh, togetherness. Um, I don't know. I just think Wales might nick that game 2 1. They're, they're, they're looking, but out of that half of the draw, I fancy Holland to get to the final. Um, I don't think they can defend very well, can they, Holland? But I think going forward, they're looking absolutely, you know, I mean, Gene is looking at absolutely what will be isn't he for Holland he does he does for Liverpool he did for Liverpool well, he played in different position um, but playing just at that position in Holland I just think he his game looks like it goes up a couple of notches um, and I just fancy Holland out of that side of the group um, I think Sweden Ukraine will be a boring fest I agree with that uh, <laughs> I don't I, I just don't know I think you don't think, share Andy's optimism? No, I think Ukraine are dead boring. <laughs> I think they're a bit like... I mean, Dynamo Kiev are boring, aren't they? <laughs> it's basically the Kiev team. there's nine team. of them. I think it's nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just, and do you know what? I think Portugal will beat Belgium. I, I okay, think. interesting. That's a shout, yeah. Belgium might really impress me, you know. Uh, when you look at all the, the, the world-class players they have got but again I don't think they'll ever win anything with Martinez as manager I think he lacks again um, he relies on um, he just relies on two or three players in this team I just think Portugal all round I think Portugal will beat them um, I think they're a good side Portugal I think the German result was a, a freak a freak result I think that was a freak result myself um, but on that half of the draw again, I fancy Italy. I, I think, like, I agree with Andy. If it was a league, they'd walk it, wouldn't they? They'd have it wrapped up by Christmas. They, you know, they're, some, they're just so good, aren't they? We don't, we're not used to seeing Italian teams like that, are we? Well, I that's can't. it. I mean, Italy are playing, are playing a, a well, they're playing a very attractive brand of football, and when they're getting ahead, they're going for it, they're putting the foot in the throat, and yeah. they're winning games. Um, they're winning games comfortably, which is something that that other teams yeah. have failed have failed to do so far. So, yeah, excellent stuff, Mike. Cheers, and and they're all in. Last but not least, obviously uh, sitting there with you with your other horse in the race, uh, the Netherlands, looking a very strong orange horse there. Three wins from three, and and getting better and better by the looks of it. Um, obviously drawn up against the Czech Republic, which is which is not the worst not the worst draw at all for the last sixteen, and in the kinder or on the kinder side of the draw as well. So with a with a path to the final that that could potentially uh, could potentially see them come up against um, who is it come up against. Uh, Wales or Denmark, isn't it in the in the in the next round? So yeah, uh, how do you see that for for the Netherlands and and thoughts in general on on the last sixteen? 
Um, yeah, you know, semifinals are guaranteed. You know, no, no I'm, I'm being uh, <laughs> a, a walk in the park. Now, you know, uh, I, I think Mike is right. Uh, the Netherlands are not very good at defending, uh, although they have really good defenders. You know, and um, missing Virgil van Dijk, um, uh, the best defender in the world, I, I would say. Um, <clears throat> With my red tainted glasses, but uh, you know, I think there are some some objective um, uh, corroboration there uh, for that uh, assessment. But um, uh, Stefan de Vrij and uh, Matthijs de Ligt are really good defenders as well. Um, but first of all, Frank de Boer has chosen for this really strange um, uh, three-five-two system, um, you know. To which uh, Dutch footballers are really not accustomed, but you know it, it has worked out well in, in the sense that uh, they were ab- able to to beat um, uh, Ukraine, although going up two nil and then uh, uh, having to rescue uh, the win in in the last minutes um, because um, Ukraine were uh, able to 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 draw to two two. Uh, so. Again, not very good at defending. Um, they were better at defending against uh, uh, Austria, but the, uh, Austria gave away a penalty very uh, early doors. Um, uh, and then, you know, they could uh, just counter because I don't think the Netherlands, even against uh, Northern Macedonia and, and, and on, uh, uh, with, uh, with regard to Northern Macedonia, I don't agree with uh, with Mike's assessment, and I agree with Andy's assessment. I think they played some really lovely football, but you know they're a very limited side in the sense that it's it's a really small country, and and they played some lovely football, I think, um, but not not very effective. Uh, I think they played better football than the Netherlands did, but the Netherlands have. Uh, you know, much better football players, so they were more effective. And 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 Genie uh, is the same player, but you know, is played in a different role. Uh, is being played as as an attacking midfielder who is allowed to to get into the box, uh, you know, 10, uh, 15 times uh, a game, and he's very good at that. And you know, and the the uh, and and this is not the role he plays at Liverpool. Uh, played, I have to sadly say. Um, I think uh, the Netherlands have a, a good chance to get to the semifinals because uh, I think they can beat uh, uh, the, the Czechs because uh, you know if 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 someone were to exploit the, the the defensive flaws of the Netherlands, it would be a team that you know could sit deep and have some really quick players. Um, and uh, I don't think uh, the Czechs have that. They have some really good players. Uh, we you know the the, the West Ham. Uh, uh, brothers, uh, uh, Kufal and uh, and uh, Suchek, they they are you know just solid good players. So if they uh, they nick one in um, from uh, from a set play, uh, a set piece play, then you know that that might give them a go. But I don't think they have the uh, uh, the qualities you know um, to 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 beat the Netherlands you know not easily. Let let's put it that way. It's you know. All freak accidents could happen. Um, I think the Netherlands have uh, a very mediocre goalkeeper uh, who, you know, is old and was mediocre when he was not old. They have a solid defense, but not a solid defensive organization. They have a world-class midfielder in Frankie de Jong and a world-class midfielder in uh, in Van Alden. And they have a, a Memphis Depay who can, on his day, 
be a world class and 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 you know and and can be and isn't very consistent. So you know, lots of times he isn't that. So you know, there's there is enough talent to in a tournament to win something, but um, you know, they're not my favorites still to win it. Um, they are my horse, <laughs> the the only horse I have in this race. But uh, no, I'm I'm not that attached to to my uh, orange jingoism. Um, uh, as I stated in, in, in the beginning, I, I think uh, Italy have looked um, very impressive. Uh, then again, in tournaments, uh, your group stage isn't very important. Um, I, I don't think they will have any difficulties with uh, with Austria, uh, who have some interesting players. Uh, but, you know, I'm just not nearly good enough to, to beat a team like, uh, like Italy. Um, but you know, Italy is on the wrong side of uh, of the draw, and, and 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 that's very unlucky because um, you know, every other big team is there as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I I I don't know what will happen at England versus Germany, but I think it might be a very um, it might be a game that that commentators call nervy because it's boring and you don't have another way to explain what what's happening. Um, I think they might cancel each other out because they are, everyone's scared to, to make a mistake. And um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if the Germans go through. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if England go through. But um, both of these teams are being, you know, um, are being hindered by the quality of their managers. I think I think the same goes for France. But you know, uh, um, I think Deschamps would wave with his. Uh, uh, with his gold medal, <laughs> it's uh, and, and you know they've won. Uh, I, I don't remember what, what time they won the, uh, the European uh, uh, Cup, uh, the European Championships, and if Deschamps was was at the helm. But you know they know how to win, is what the, the phrase is. Um, and and I agree with Mike that I, I wouldn't be surprised if Portugal beat Belgium because Belgium has a very Leaky defense. I think if you have uh, have good good attackers, and I think uh, Portugal do. So yeah, you know, in short, and 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 one thing I I really don't like Sweden. You know, I like the country. I like uh, the Volvos, but that team, uh, you know, except from Isak. Oh come on! Boring. It's, huh? it's Boring. so. It, it it is like Stoke City and and Bolton Wanderers. And, uh, it's Roy. It's Hodgson. I mean, I just just gonna say this. Roy Hodgson went to Sweden in the 1970s and had great success. And since then, they have based as a nation their footballing philosophy around that, and they're still playing it. And fair play to them. Do you know what? I I just I just mapped their path to the final, right? So <laughs> they beat Ukraine. And then if they, if they win that game, they play either England or Germany. Like they'll probably beat. They'll probably beat, right? And given they what, be so given what Beryl says about Holland or the Netherlands, sorry, that who uh, who we think will will be the other semi finalist, um, they could probably beat them too. I see. You've heard it here first. The Swedish so, final. So I just went, just went in a put a fiver on Sweden to get to the final. The IKEA final. Yep, twelve to one. You heard it here first. I'm, I'm not even sure I would watch. 
<laughs> go to penalties, well, I'm sure. And on and on that bombshell, just before we, we do finish off for the evening, I'm just gonna just gonna whip around the panel quickly and go for go for your winners. Uh, not not from these matches particularly. We we all had our predictions at the, the beginning of the tournament and just let's see if, if you're sticking with them. So winners winners of the tournament, given given the draw is how it is and it's weighted in the way that it is. France, Spain, Belgium, Portugal, Italy all on one side of the draw and and the other side looking quite quite open. So so yeah, Beryl, stick with you. Who's who are you going for? You've mentioned Italy, uh as looking impressive. Are you going with them for winners or who 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 are you on? Yeah, you know, the the, the cynic in me, uh, uh, I did put a little bet on uh, on on Spain to win it, but uh, I, I hope Italy wins this. You know, uh, they've changed directions. They've started to play some really really good football, and I hope um, you know the romantic in me says let let Mancini win it with this uh, with this Italy. Okay, let let Mancini's blonde locks lift the cup for 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 the Azzurri. Fair enough. And what about you, Dave? I mean, I know you've got your Italian allegiances, and I think you had a week's flutter on them as well. So you stay in there, Sweden. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. The tripling down on this, sliding in there in the. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think Italy deserved to win it already. I think just because of how entertaining they've been without having to be. You know, they haven't had to go and play like that to win those games. Certainly against Turkey. They could have got that goal up and went, these things are shite. We, we don't need to do anything else. But they look, they just look hungry. And they look, as you say, they look like a team that wants to put their oh, foot right, on your throat. Um, you know, I, I, what was it, Barney Rone's um, uh, call on the other day? Sorry? No, go ahead. Yeah, Barney Rooney's uh, call me the other day. He said they look like a team that want to gnaw your arm off. Um, <laughs> and, and that kind of is what they look like. But with all of the all of the really attractive, you know, high-octane, exciting football that goes with it. So, yeah, I, Fran, France look decent. But, again, I find it difficult to judge them based on you know, I don't They're really. They're just doing enough, aren't they? They're yeah, and I, I and I don't. I, you know, they drew with Hungary, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know what Germany are, and I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know what Portugal are either. So that that makes me doubt what France are. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, if that Germany Portugal game hadn't gone the way it had, I think we'd both would all know or be a bit more sure what Germany are and, and what Portugal are, but. Because of that result going how it did, it, it sort of it set the cat amongst the pigeons. Really, it turned that group a little bit, little bit upside down. Um, so what? Do you, so you are still on Italy then? You're you're sticking there? Yeah, I have to. I have to. You know, it'll probably be. It would be strange to see a team that plays that way go and win an international tournament. But you know, I, I would say they're probably the only team that's really playing what you would describe as current modern football right now. And and that, I think, you know, Spain, st- Spain are still sitting 10 years behind, I think. They're still doing what everybody was doing 10 years ago. Um, 
but Italy looked like a side. Italy do look like a side that could just walk into the Premier League and play week in week out. I think, yeah, I think that, I think that's very interesting. Actually, the point you raise it, you could say that about a lot of the teams there. Germany are playing, trying to play like they played in 2014. France are, you know, doing the French thing and just doing enough, exactly like they played the World Cup. And I, I said that I said they haven't evolved from the World Cup. So yeah, they've, they've, they've not, and and they sort of limped limped through that one in, in the end. To be honest, I mean they got there with the players they've got. They, they should be they should do more for for me. I think I'd agree with with Beryl's assessment on that. And and Portugal the same. They're playing like they did. The, the, every 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 team. England haven't haven't evolved. Um, they're still playing in the same way. Still trying to control the this this emphasis on control rather than maximizing the talent they've got. So I mean, Italy do look the most current, don't they? That's 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 a, a very pertinent point. Um, so yeah, Beryl, I think just before I go to go to go to Andy, I think you raised raised your hand there. So yeah, I I, I have one caveat. Re uh, Italy is it's uh, they've had some uh, unlikely goal scorers. You know, Locatelli never scores, and and I think. Immobile, uh, uh, you know, he, he he did score this tournament, but you know there have always been doubts about him. So that will be my only caveat. So um, if if they find it hard to to break down a defense, like you know uh, Austria may try it. Um, who, who's going to score the goals? Uh, it, it may stra- it sounds strange for a team that you know scored lots of goals in the group stages, but that will be my only no. caveat. I know what you mean, but I will counter your caveat by throwing you a stat from the 2006 World Cup, which Italy won. And um, anybody, uh, t- tell me who their top goal scorer was in that World Cup. Uh, I can't, but only because you did it on my board. So go ahead. I'll yes. not see your limelight. Was anyone their left back or something? Uh, I said that as well. No, it was Marco Matarazzi. The Everton, ex-Everton centre half with two goals tied with Luca Toni and eight other players scored a goal each. So I think that this Italian team has it in them too. They've got so much attack and verve up front. You know, you're talking about bringing Chiesa off the bench and throwing them in as a second string player. He's one of Italy's brightest talents right now. Um, so Bellotti has been banging goals in Syria for what, four or five years now. He's been linked to the Premier League numerous times. So they look like a team to me that can go and get by with eight, nine, ten players scoring one or two goals each. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's something to... to it's it's a it's another weapon in your armory, isn't it? To be able to spread the goals around, be to be able to have goals all over the pitch. A lot of teams that we've seen you've seen Lewandowski not said completely neutral neutralized at numerous tournaments because he's 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 Poland's only goal threat. Well, Harry Kane's been neutralized so far this exactly this tournament, and and the more you rely on that one one player, the, the the easier it is to to shut that down. So. So yeah, um, Italy certainly certainly looking great shakes, uh, great shape. Sorry, and uh, I I had a flutter on them before the tournament started myself, and was pleased to get the the odds I did. Um, but they are on the on the tough side of the draw, so I'd be interested just to just to hear what you think on this, Mike. Uh, who who are your winners? Oh, my winners are Italy. Um, Clean sweep here. <laughs> yeah, I fancied them before. Uh, the tournament and got a bet on myself actually uh, and then I got them in the sweep at work 
I just think all around again, like I say, they share the goal scorers. They've got some great players coming off the bench. Uh, I think it'll be an Italy Dutch final. To be fair, I think it'll be a good game. I'd settle uh, for that. Yeah. 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 I do. I think it'll be a very good game. But I just can't see past Italy. I think they deserve it, don't they? The football they're playing. You know, it's great to see in the South. I've never seen an Italian team play like this, and I'm 59 this year. But they just don't play this kind of football, do they? The Italians. It's not in their makeup. It's bad. Well, <laughs> cer- yeah, certainly not traditionally. So it, it has been a breath of fresh air. And, you know, there is something, it would be something poetic about Mancini. I think he, um, I think he won, or I think he, he was an unused sub uh, in at Italian 90. And I don't think he ever really fulfilled this kind of uh, national team ambitions. And to, to win the Euro Championships for them would be, or with them would, would, would be, would be quite something. Um, okay, so Andy, are you going to make it four out of four, or are you going to give us a little little variety on this? Where do you see this going? No, I'll I'll slightly differ. I will say this. So I think um, Italy and France are obviously on the same side of the draw. They could meet in the quarterfinals. I think they will, and I think whoever wins that will win the tournament. Semis will meet. Sorry, semis also winning. Sorry, yeah, yeah, semis. Um, so. It's it's mad that you're predicting ninety minute games against two elite level sides where it can be decided off an accidental, a mistake, one piece of quality, a refereeing decision, and then like, Mbappe, and then Mbappe penalty decision, and Mbappe uh, well, side. Yeah, you'd finally get some returns for your fantasy team, Dave, wouldn't you? Um, so. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it, listen. It's it, a lot of people are saying that they're going to win it. To me, as I say, it, they have looked the best team. But in a game against France, where it is going to be decided on a moment, are France marginally better in the boxes? You know, you look at Italy; they've looked very good. But Benucci and Chiellini are getting a bit older, whereas France have you know Kimpembe, who's had a pretty. I didn't watch a game the other night, uh, but he's had a pretty good tournament. And then their front three of Mbappe, Griezmann, and Benzema. I was a bit, um, I was a bit unsure on Benzema coming into the tournament because I thought Giroud was just the perfect kind of link player. He was so he's so inferior to those other two, Mbappe and Griezmann, that he was happy to just completely sacrifice himself for the team, and it was conducive to actually a good French flow and performance. Whereas actually Benzema's come in and he's looked every bit as good as the other two, um, and I think they're gonna click. And, you know, Italy, yeah, th- listen, Berardi's looked really good and I really like him and I've liked him ever since he scored against Northern Ireland and he played really well in that game as well. But, you know, he, he doesn't get in France front three, does he? He doesn't get really get anywhere near it. Um, you know, Spinazzola and Di, Florenz- Di Lorenzo or Florenzi, you know, you've got Pavard and Hernandez who are just serial winners and... You know, up there with the top three in the world in their positions. So I'd maybe slightly favour France in that, but it could easily go to penalties, and you never know what's happening. So yeah, I'll say France. Okay, so so after breaking down the the Italy France semi final, Andy's plump for France to 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 go on and and win the Euro uh, win the European Championships uh, and Sweden obviously in the final. Yeah, that's it, and complete the. Complete the World Cup Euro- European uh, Championship double like they did back in '98 and 2000. So it would be some feat. And yeah, let's be honest. When you mention when Andy mentions the 
the squad list there, the players, you wouldn't back against it, would you? I mean, they on paper they are the the best side of the tournament. They have so far, as as we said, they've stuttered. They've just done enough. Um, I don't know whether to read too much into that, to be honest, because as I say, they just about did enough to win the World Cup, and they and they did that. So you just wonder with this France team when they are seriously asked a question, you'd imagine well, will they will they be able to find the answer? And you'd imagine you, they probably will. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. It's wide open and it's been good so far. We've got a really, really cheesy last 16. You're looking at potential uh, Spain and France in, in quarterfinals, as we went on to say that perhaps Italy, Italy, France or Spain in, in semifinals. We've already got Belgium, Portugal and England, Germany in the last 16. So we're really going to be spoiled, I think, over over the over the next kind of 10 to 14 days. So, um yeah, on that note, then we'll we'll wrap it up um, and we'll leave it there for all the predictions. So I just just want to say thanks very much to all my panelists for for joining me tonight and for for going through all this. So thank you very much. And um, yeah, to, to the listener, if you if you've stuck with our ramblings, uh, thank you very much. And uh, we shall catch you then. Uh, we'll probably do something before the final, I would say, uh, previewing that and, and just having a look back at, or or maybe even before. But but you see us again during the, or hear from us again during these Euros. And until then, um, yeah, up the all conquering Italians. <laughs>